Hello and welcome to episode three of Ah My Optics, a podcast where two adult men discuss, overanalyze, and generally take a kid's cartoon and toy line a little too seriously. That cartoon and toy line being predominantly, but not exclusively, Transformers. In this episode, we will explore toy collecting, what we collect, why we collect it, and the rules we use to keep it from spiraling horribly out of control. It's true. I am your grumpy old man of a host, Orion Gear. And with me is the youthful optimist of a co-host, Virtual Day. Hello, Day. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's a good day. Excellent stuff. So, toy collecting. It's a big subject, so we're going to break it up into a number of parts. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to be focusing on what we collect and why. So, um, you and I both collect toys uh, in, in very different ways, I'd say. What got you started toy collecting? I think it's just the same as any other child, really. It's just a bombardment of uh kids tv and toy adverts probably the argos catalog i think was a mm-hmm. bigger indicator to me of what to get and how much pocket money to save to get it <laughs> yeah absolutely those catalogs were uh the big book of dreams as people call them i think yeah yeah <laughs> no i have very vivid memories of many different copies of Argos through the years, mm-hmm. looking at the, the toy pages in particular. I think that's where it, most of it started because it was it was a very rare occasion to go to an actual toy shop, like a Toys R Us or something. Mm-hmm. It was just what you would see in Woolworths or, like you said, it was in an Argos catalogue and that was it. So Yeah. I suppose toy collecting, I mean, I had toys as a kid, plenty of them really, but there was a, it was a wide variety, you know, like one year I'd be into Lego, another year I'd be into Transformers, another year I'd be into G.I. Joe or uh, Starcom, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So I had a very eclectic collection of toys, as it were. And I had two brothers as well. So we all kind of formed into this big amalgamous whole, as it were. <laughs> so it wasn't until I was spending my own pocket money that, I, I would say that I started, in inverted commas, toy collecting, because then I was having to make a choice based on what I wanted and what I could spend my money on, rather than filling in a a Christmas uh, list or birthday list or or just happening to be in a toy shop at the right time that my parents are feeling particularly generous enough to buy me something. Yeah. <laughs> so when that happened, it was, well, it was around about the beginning of the 90s. So for me, it was Transformers, Action Masters, Micromasters, G.I. Joe figures, Starcom. I was living in Southend at the time, so there were like three or four different toy shops that I would travel to in order to buy this stuff. Yeah, I could pick up stuff from Argos, but for me, I was going into department stores like BT's and... Um, there's a place called Argosy Toys, which I looked up, actually, and it's still there. It's in West oh, wow. Westcliff-on-Sea. Not to be confused with Argos. It's called <laughs> Argosy Toys. But that's still there, which is quite impressive. Uh, Wings and Wheels, which is another one, is sadly, that's gone. But I used to get a lot of Starcom from there. They used to have the, the vehicles and the figures on cars. Mm. Whenever, we, whenever we went to the hairdressers uh, as kids, the hairdressers was near that toy shop, and I used to kind of try and <laughs> convince my parents to... Uh, swing by there on the way home or whatever. Very rarely would this occur. I know those stories all too well. You had my own type of, mm-hmm. not pleading, but like convincing. It was almost like a, an episode of Top Cat. You would have to <laughs> persuade something to happen to get to a toy shop. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, um, why don't we go, uh, <laughs> Mum? I I need some uh, some new socks. Let's uh, yeah. let's go in this department store. Uh, we can go look at the toy department though, can't we? On the way. <laughs> My so, are there any kind of landmark figures you can pinpoint as to getting you into toy collecting? Um, rather than a casual thing. I think it really started to become apparent when the various fast food chains, like your McDonald's, your Pizza Hut. KFC all had toys with their meals, mm-hmm. and it, that was back at a time when the toys were actually pretty good. Yeah, and <laughs> arguably, when during the nineties they had all the range of different Disney films, and they had the mm-hmm. tie-in toys at McDonald's. And at the time, they were probably some of the better Disney toys you could have gotten of those characters. And hunting and tracking down all the toys, because McDonald's obviously do a certain batch every few weeks and change it around. So you have to go at the right time to get the whole lot of them. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's when it really started to become apparent. It was like, okay, there's six of them. I've got to persuade my parents to take them to McDonald's six different times. <laughs> not just, not for any of the food. I didn't care about the food. I just wanted the toys. And I think that's when it. You know, you could walk in there and just buy the toys. Oh yeah. No, I found that eventually. Um, yeah. I, I think it was actually one of the staff at McDonald's was like, started to recognize they come in there a lot for these toys. <laughs> and I was like, well, you could just buy them. <laughs> yeah. Cause at the time I would have been, cause you were a kid, but I was, I was at uni and some, some of us were quite like, you know, we'd, we'd eat at McDonald's a lot cause we were students and it was always a bit of fun to get a toy. And I remember a particular friend of mine wanting to get all six of whatever it was at the time. And just going in there and going, can you just rummage through and see if you can find me this one? And they would do it for you. It wasn't a problem. Oh, yeah, no, it was, it was great. Yeah, the staff were always very helpful about it. Well, for me, I mean, I had breaks in my toy collecting. So I collected toys as a kid. Then uh, around about early 90s, I kind of moved away from it. Correction. It was the late 90s. Orion Gear is not as old or as cool as he thinks he is. Started being more into music and going out clubbing and all that kind of stuff and went to university and it was all much more about socialising and drinking and so on, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the whole kind of nerdy aspects of my of my life were kind of pushed to one side. It wasn't until I happened to be in a department store called Atkinson's in Sheffield uh, looking around the toy master that was up there next to the next to the Sainsbury's, which was, which was also in the uh, in the department store. Very strange. It's not anymore. It's moved oh. across the road. But um, <laughs> oh. I digress. And uh, just kind of perusing the the various shelves, I found Robots in Disguise Optimus Prime. I thought it looked great. The fire mm-hmm. engine one. I thought it was fantastic. I thought, well, you know, I've got a spare. I mean, imagine it, it must have been like 20, 20 quid, maybe 30 quid. I would say 30 for him. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been 30 quid, but yeah, I thought I've got, I've got the money. Why not? Why don't I buy it? And I just picked it up on a whim and it wasn't like I was intending to start hmm. a massive toy collection, but off the back of that, I ended up investigating Transformers online and then kind of picking up other stuff. And then it all kind of snowballed from that point. And the other landmark figure for me, or landmark figures for me, that kind of really kind of changed my collection and made me more like the collector that I am today, was when MP1 Convoy and uh, Binotech Smokescreen came out. Mm-hmm. And 
suddenly I was kind of switched on to the idea of adult collectibles, as in Transformers that were made for, for people my age. Because at the time, all the Transformers that were coming out were were made for kids. And it just so happened that I was an adult who appreciated those kids' toys. Right. Whereas Convoy, he wasn't made for kids. He was made for Japanese collectors. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for the Biotech line. And I, when I got those on import, that really kind of changed my, the focus because it wasn't about buying stuff from Toys R Us from a children's cartoon on Nickelodeon right now. It was about buying kind of uh, perfect representations of or interpretations of of those characters. Those characters from my youth, especially. Yeah, go on. No, I was going to say it's it's um it's a big difference from when you're collecting and then when you're an adult collecting there's like a different type of mentality that goes with it yeah so it's this um because as a kid it's more about the shows or whatever it's a, the media is attached to but as an adult it's probably a bit more about the figures themselves than the media uh yeah yes and no i mean i don't i mean i think as a kid i would often like figures just based on what they look like and what they did mm. without having much idea of the fiction behind it. Because you'd, you'd create your own fiction, you know, you'd, you'd meld things together. Like, I think we were discussing Zoids the other day and like, Zoids weren't on television in the UK as far as I was aware anyway. It might mm. have been, but I never saw it. All right. So we were just kind of like, Zoids were just for us, oh, they're, they're robots, they can, they can fight with the Transformers. And... um <laughs> The little guys that go in the Zoids, they kind of fit in the cockpits on the Dinobots and the uh, Insecticons, so why not? Well, yeah. <laughs> Whereas, as an adult collector myself, I'm really only interested in stuff I connect with through the fiction. Okay. And I will buy toys of things that I don't think look very good because mm. I've fallen in love with it in the media. For example, Beast Wars. We discussed this in the in the previous podcast. When Beast Wars first came out, I thought it looked rubbish. Mm. I uh, didn't like uh, the whole kind of organic animal thing, thought it didn't make any sense. It wasn't until I watched the show and fell in love with the show that I kind of, it kind of turned me on to the, to the toys. I love the character of Dinobot, therefore I want but, man. a proper Dinobot. If I hadn't have loved the character of Dinobot, I wouldn't have bought any Dinobot figures. I see what you mean. Oh, maybe it's the other way around. I think it's both. I think it depends. It also depends on what kind of collector you are as well. Yeah, no, you're right, because we, we were talking about this the other day about our, our different tastes in toy collecting. Mm-hmm. And there definitely is a parent with it. So the source material or the figures just themselves in their own. Yeah, that's what we're going to be talk- we're talking about here, like what we collect and why we collect it. Uh, I mean, like what, what lines of action figures do you collect now? Um, the big three for me are Transformers, Power Rangers, and, well... I say Spider-Man, but mostly Marvel figures. But um, that's mostly where my main collecting stems from. But over the last few years, I've started to double more into import action figures like your Mafex or your SH Figure Arts and Nendoroids has been the other oh, yeah, those, session of mine. <laughs> those things. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't get my head around those things at all. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, I suppose it's still, even though you're looking at import figures, it's still the same franchises you're looking at, I assume. So it's still... Uh, yeah, sometimes it just 
it spills out into people that I have no real interest in the franchise or anything. Sometimes it's something that looks really cool mm. in figure form. Yeah. And I can just picture it fitting with whatever stuff I've got. So yeah, it fits well. Yeah. And I suppose if you're, I mean, and, I, and I've done this as well. Like when I first started collecting as an adult, I kind of just wanted everything. I was very into Transformers and wanted all the Transformers, like from all the lines. And I bought brand new stuff, vintage stuff, import stuff, whatever I could get my hands on. And then that kind of spilt over into other toy lines. Like I started buying um, uh, Solar Chagokin stuff because mm. friends of mine who were into the hobby were like, well, these are really brilliant figures. Some of that Bandai stuff is amazing. Yeah, yeah, they are. And then I started buying Revoltech because you got Optimus Prime and later you got a few more Transformers coming to Revoltech. But they're just just really, really ultra articulated, very kind of cool looking figures. And I was buying them because they were cool looking figures. I had very little um, connection to the, uh, the source material. I think I started with the ones I had connection to the source material. And then I started buying the other ones just because, oh, the next one's from Pat Labor. I've not really watched Pat Labor, but I've got a kind of idea of what it's about. So I'll get that one. And then I just ended up getting them all. It became a completionist kind of situation. Yeah, it's the slippery slope of it, isn't it? Yeah, which I suppose is what you're experiencing with um, with those little bobblehead guys, whatever they're called. Uh, the Nendoroids. <laughs> yeah, those guys. Because, yeah, I suppose the whole line has an aesthetic. Okay, this one might be Spider-Man. And this one's someone from some computer game you've never played but they fit together anyway yeah they're kind of they're they're almost like the dare i say it the japanese version of uh funko pops they are Mm. they have almost almost every license under the sun yeah and uh in the same way there's different variations of them as well so it's yeah if you were a completionist it it would be a lot (laughs) yeah and you'd start buying things that you weren't that familiar with and then that possibly might start a whole new collection branching out in another direction which is often a problem which is often something i have to rein myself back on especially as those especially as those import figures are quite expensive yeah as they start to add up absolutely absolutely so yeah you said your main lines are power rangers transformers and marvel marvel yeah yeah, I find myself being drawn to Marvel more than DC, mm-hmm. but um, I'm not opposed to. It's probably just more superheroes in general. Yeah, to pick them. I think your collection is more. Um, I don't like to use the word less focused, but it's more. <laughs> oh, that's that's exactly a good way to to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> it's it, well, it's not because there are things that you definitely love mm-hmm. and that you will buy everything of. Uh, but they, but you will buy everything off that thing. Yeah. Knowing the way I do it, it's, it, it's your Transformers, Ghostbusters, Power Rangers, things like that. Mm-hmm. You'll just get as much of, of that as you possibly can in whatever form. Well, I, it's it's another thing, problem with collecting in general as well. We've mentioned it before, we've talked about it before, but it's like um, collecting a team of characters is a problem. Mm-hmm. Like you can't buy one Ghostbuster. You have to buy all four. And then you may yeah. as well get Rick Moranis as well and yeah. move on from there. <laughs> well it's not even it's not even that. So like something even like really small like the cast of the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which is only like a handful of people at best. Yes. I found myself only getting the Mandalorian and the child. Uh-huh. But yeah, 
I still ended up buying it twice because of his two different costume changes. Exactly. And this is why I have started and quit a Mandalorian collection twice now. <laughs> because you, I start it and then I go, oh, this this means I'm I'm in for 10, 12 extra figures that will be coming out over the next few years. Do I really want them that much? And am I, am I willing mm-hmm. to wait for them? I'm sitting on a couple of figures that don't really fit with the rest of my collection. Well, that's that's exactly... I had both of the exact same thought process and that's why I just limited it to just him and the child because that's all I really cared about from the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the main focuses of my collection are the things that I collect now. I mean, it's changed over the years. Like I said, I used to buy everything. But now it's very much Transformers Masterpiece, mostly Beast Wars... The G1 Masterpiece stuff has kind of moved in a direction that I'm not aesthetically into anymore. So I kind of focus on the Beast Wars stuff now. Conversely, because I'm not so interested in the G1 Masterpieces as I used to be, I've started a a bit of a G1 third-party Legends collection, which does it for me more than the Masterpieces, to be honest, because of the, the scale allows you to kind of... You know, you can have a... I've got the Zeta Unicron, the... Uh, what is it called? Studio or O1 Studio or something like that? Studio Cell something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's it's the Zeta Unicron, but they had to change the name or whatever. I've got that, and that being massive works really well with the legend scale figures, and you can like you can achieve like a, a scale with those figures much better than you can with Masterpiece because things have to be so big after a certain point. If your starting point is kind of um the basic size of a of a of say a masterpiece car bot, yeah. Then you know you've got to go so much bigger for anything bigger. I mean, I know they're talking about combiners now, and there's a currently there's a a rumor that there's going to be a Jetfire. Now that's already too big for me. I don't think it's going to be um, what people think it's going to be. Really? I, it's no. I think it's going to be something else. Really? I don't think they could. I don't think they could do a massive like what third party have been doing with them combiners and stuff. I don't think it's going to be like that. Well, they've said that the um, Raiden combiner is probably going to be smaller. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, regardless. G- G1 uh, third party legends. And then after that, I collect some superheroes, mostly Spider-Man and Batman. And with those, I've kind of been kind of heading towards getting Mafex figures mostly Mm -hmm. um, just because Mafex seem to be concentrating more on the kind of comic book aesthetic which is the one I'm I'm interested in I have a bit of a problem with not a problem but I don't find uh, live action toys very interesting is I don't I I was gonna say is that just because of their representation does that do you think it's some sort of uncanny valley or uh, well, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I think, I think it's probably it's probably to do with the fact that when I was a kid, toys were from cartoon shows. They weren't from TV shows uh, or movies. I can understand why you wouldn't want to get live representation of certain characters, but some really translate a lot better than others. So, I guess it depends on who it is. Yeah, but you're um you're from the Power Rangers generation. Mm-hmm. Before Power Rangers, I suppose there were A-Team toys. But all the big toy lines when I was a kid, they were all based on cartoons. They weren't based on movies, apart from, obviously, Star Wars. 
<laughs> the elephant in the room. Outside of that, there were, and I didn't have much Star Wars. I wasn't really interested in Star Wars toys when I was a kid, even though I was the perfect age for it. Oh. I think it's just a thing for me. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's fine. I mean, it's it's, it's um, it's what it's whatever you like, really, isn't it? That's what you you go in for. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Mafex are doing that kind of superhero aesthetic. So I'm tending to buy their stuff. I buy the occasional Marvel Legends. I've got a little collection of DC figures, but no one's really making very nice DC figures these days. I'm not really interested in what McFarlane's doing. So for me, DC's a bit kind of like on the back burner for me, but I probably will pick up some DC figures if they make some nice ones in the future. I really like the DC Icoms line, but that didn't last very long. And then my recent um, huge mistake is uh, getting into G.I. Joe Classified. <laughs> Which for me, it's a it's a new thing because it's a it's my return to kind of mainline domestic retail figures, as it were. Mm. And boy, have things changed! <laughs> What's what would you say was the uh, reason why you collect what you collect? Um, it probably like everything kind of stems from Transformers. And growing up, like you said, growing up with Power Rangers and that whole boom of like anime, um, really starting to come over with Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and all that type of stuff. Um, I've always been drawn to the really type of crazy stylized characters and robots and mm-hmm. deep and even more into anime. I really started to like more anime driven by robots or mecha type storylines yeah and it kind of just stems from that it's just this type of it's just it's an aesthetic that transformers do really well but some other shows kind of do it but they do it in a different way like star wars or um with their droids or something really out there like Gurren Lagann or Evangelion mm-hmm. so anything along those lines is kind of what I'm really interested in mm-hmm. so like even stuff like uh Robocop and Astro Boy, pretty much anything with a robot in it. Really, I'm, <laughs> I'm there. It's weird yeah. you say that because I'm kind of the opposite there. Because the thing about Transformers for me is not that they're robots. I don't. I I did for a little while, but I don't really focus on the fact that anything's a robot. What I like about Transformers is the characters and the designs and the stories. But mm. I'm not too asked about them being transforming robots, which is why I'm quite okay with non-transforming ones. And also everything else I collect are not robots, like Spider-Man, G.I. Joe. It's interesting. Like I say, I did for a while kind of go down that route for a while with buying Evangelion figures. And uh, I got that uh, Solar Chagokin um, Gunbuster. Mm. And I've watched quite a lot of that kind of giant robot stuff, Japanese giant robot stuff. But I find it all quite samey and it i'm is. not that into it <laughs> I, um it's it's fine but i think it's gone. it's like what you said i think it's because I, I like power rangers so much so it's kind of that it's that world of you know make my monster grow and then a giant robot would appear <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's what i'm saying it's, it's, it's different types of collections different kind of interests the reason that i collect toys i think is that i want i want some i want a 3d 
posable representation of my favorite characters from whatever sci-fi or fantasy show it is that I like mm-hmm. uh, or comic book or whatever it is. And for me, it's the top priority is that it looks good on a shelf. I'm not too bothered about some other aspects that people are more concerned about. I'm not interested in having a lot of toys, for example. I think some people will buy more or stuff that they can play with, stuff that they can fiddle about with and not worried about damaging it. Yeah. Whereas I want something that looks great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm not going to do an awful lot of playing about with it, transforming it, posing it. It'll sit on its shelf and once every two or three months, I'll go in there and move its arms around, change what it's carrying or whatever. I'll do a little bit of posing and then it will sit there for another three or four months. Yes. And I I don't, it's just a display for me. That's a big thing for me. That is having to be able to pick it up and just mess with it and, you know, being able to take it about or go out and do some crazy pictures and some toy photography or something. But it's, a lot of the, I think the higher up you go in like quality, it's almost like there's almost uh, like you have to be with like kid gloves and really be careful because either it's so expensive or it's harder to replace something mm-hmm. if something breaks than just go into a corner yeah. shop and buying it out of another one. You know? Exactly. And also, I mean, the higher end stuff is getting less and less well built, yes. I think. Yeah. It's almost like, they're compromising build quality over finish and mm-hmm. kind of look. So you'll get stuff that looks fantastic, but you 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 barely have to look at it mm-hmm. and you scratch the paint. And that, that does irritate me a little bit with certain stuff because you're paying a lot of money for this stuff. So it should be able to, especially if it's super articulated, it, you should be able to pose it without, without breaking it. Yes. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's probably why I'm more drawn to the mainline stuff because of that kind of things. Because like just focusing on just masterpiece, for example, there's loads of horror stories of recent masterpiece releases mm-hmm. of paint parts just breaking off, all sorts of madness that you wouldn't want to have bought something for three hundred pounds plus to experience that. Absolutely, and I wish I could do that. I wish I could kind of settle for mainline stuff like your war for cybertron mm-hmm. stuff which does look good but it doesn't look good enough <laughs> that's my problem I, I want something that looks good on a shelf um I, I get that as well it's kind of like a give and take type of things like do you want to have something that is really well painted and looks nice versus something that isn't well painted but you don't have the fear of moving things because we're transforming it yeah. for transformers and it not chipping the paint and then was like, oh, it looks even worse because there's this massive gash yeah. going across a, a joint. Yep. Yeah, it's it's kind of, yeah, you just have to give and take it. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the thing. That's, I think that comes down to your priorities as a collector and what, what rules you set yourself, which is what the next topic it is. Mm-hmm. Depending on what the, what the highest priority things are for you, and for me it's kind of presence and presentation, that has to come first and then I'll put up with the other stuff, like I'll put up with it being a bit more delicate, I'll put up, I mean, even if it will drive me crazy when something breaks, I'll put up with that because, and I'll even do something silly like buy a replacement when it's broken because that's the figure I want on my shelf. I can't compromise and settle for something that's a bit more sturdy, but looks more like a kid's toy. So, as I alluded to earlier, so I think 
I think that's what it comes down to. It comes down to your priorities and what your, you know, what your kind of collection rules are. Talking of which, what are your collection rules, Dave? My collection rules. Right. So the first one is always to do with money. Mm-hmm. And anything over, I would say, about £100, I would have to really consider if it's worth purchasing in the first yeah. place. Because I'm not too fussed about having the best version of a character. If there is another version that is £50 cheaper, <laughs> I would get that just to fulfill that spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like Power Rangers at the moment is a good example. There is various different toy companies making Power Ranger figures. But the Lightning Collection is the main line for Hasbro, mm-hmm. the £20 mark. And I would prefer to buy any in that line over whatever crazy stuff Mezco is going to charge for theirs or 3A or any of these other companies. And it's not because I don't enjoy articulated figures or well painted things. It's that I know that there's a team of six mm-hmm. <laughs> with the one or two villains you're going to have to buy as well. So you have to think of it for the whole, yeah, the long term. That's the thing though, I would, I just wouldn't be able to do that. I would, because they make SH Figuarts, don't they, for um for Power Rangers? Oh yeah, that as well. See, yeah. I couldn't buy that Hasbro line because I would know that there were better versions available that look nicer. Uh, it's it's just because, it's just like I was saying before, it's just because it's a team. Mm-hmm. It's not that, if, if I wanted, if I had a it's devoted... It's only a little team. It's only like six figures. Well, that's what I mean. So if I had a devoted character, if I had, I love the Green Ranger, mm-hmm. I would buy the best representation of the Green Ranger. Uh-huh. But I don't just love the Green Ranger. I love the team. But Dave, they're all the same. <laughs> You're not wrong. They all look it's exactly just, the same. They're just different colours. They're just different hues. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 like what you were talking before about Legends as well. It's mm-hmm. I would prefer to spend the money on like their Zords and have the best representation of their Zords to stand with them. Yeah. And because the main line is smaller, in my head, that would look better. Okay, yeah, I can see that working, yeah. I mean, I'm not into Power Rangers, but if I were, I think you'd probably have to... If I put it in my head how I would collect them if I were to collect them, I think I'd probably want two separate scales. I'd want the Zords to one side, a certain scale, maybe with with very small mm-hmm. uh, Ranger figures. Then on another shelf, larger rangers, more poseable rangers. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only way to go with that because there's because because the scale is impossible, isn't it? It's, well, yeah. I mean, it's it's long as long as something's I don't know three feet taller than something else, you kind of accept it on the shelf because it's never going to be in scale. So, <laughs> having checked, we can confirm Virtual Dave has no figures that are three foot taller than other figures. In fact, he has no figures that are over three foot tall, so he must have misspoke. Yeah, and you can use you can use a bit of perspective yeah. and clever photography if you want, yeah. or whatever. Um. So yeah. So you're saying your main your main, main rule is price. Is price. And after that, it's um. Let me just go up. for me with price. It's not my not my ultimate my top rule. But I had to draw a line because I've been collecting Transformers Masterpiece for a long time and it's been getting more and more expensive, mm-hmm. like insanely so. The prices have been going up exponentially since... I think the first time I noticed it was 
uh, was G1 Megatron MP36. That was more expensive than it felt it was worth. Yeah. Like when I got it, I was like, I don't feel like I'm getting what I'm paying for here. <laughs> so I kind of decided to kind of draw a line of like, I won't pay over £200 for something. And even that's uncomfortable. Yeah. But I'm I'm willing to go that far for certain characters like Masterpiece Beast Wars Megatron. He costs just around £200. Mm. And I love that figure. I'm not sure I would say it's worth £200, but I'm willing to part with that money to have that figure. Yeah. And then the other thing with, with prices, I won't buy something that's so expensive or or buy so many things that I spend so much money that it starts to affect my ability to pay bills or oh, yeah. have a have a regular life. Yeah, that, like, I'm not, <laughs> that goes without saying. That, I think, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's when you... I think that's when you've got a problem. Yeah. Don't um, don't um, buy MP44 if it's going to cost you to live on noodles for like three months. Or it's yeah, going to get you in trouble that. with your significant other, you know? Oh, <laughs> that either. <laughs> because these things happen, don't they? I mean, I've, I've read plenty of accounts of people going, oh, I've bought this, I don't know how I'm going to get it in the house without her seeing it <laughs> or whatever. But anyway, what's your, what's your other rule then, your second rule? Um, well, I kind of talked about it earlier. It's, it's the really considering starting a new collection mm-hmm. like um before i was talking about mafex i'm really really drawn to their x-men characters uh uh-huh. yeah and there's only there's only three of them so far but uh so far so far <laughs> <laughs> and and the, and the way mafex release stuff the next one won't be out for at least another four years well there you go is that's another thing is like <laughs> being prepared to buy a team of characters is a is a is something you've got to think about. It's not just Mm-mm. there's certain characters you just can't you can't just have it on its own. You have to have it with another character. Yeah, and, and with the high end stuff, you often have to wait a while for it to happen. Yeah, that as well. The beauty of kind of mainline stuff is that you'll get everything you need within a year. It'll be coming out in waves. You know, the whole shebang will be done in twelve mm-hmm. months. And I mean, I've seen you getting your. Uh, you know, on Instagram, getting your kind of shipment of the latest wave of uh, War for Cybertron Kingdom or whatever. And it's like, bam, there you go. You've got Primal, Megatron, uh, Cheetor, Airazor, Dinobot, everyone. Everybody, straight away. All in two or three parcels, <laughs> you know? Whereas with the, with the high-end stuff, it's more kind of like, right, well, they've announced, um, like, for example, Spider-Verse, uh, Mafex figures. Mm-hmm. You get Miles first and Peter, and then there's a wait, then they announce the Spider-Gwen. I mean, obviously, the, with them also, the problem is you pre-order stuff, and then it takes forever to actually come out. But I've got Peter and, um, and Mars on the shelf. I need that Gwen. And are they going to do Spider-Man Noir? Are they going to do the anime Japanese one? Um, what the name of, oh, is it Penny, Penny Parker? Penny Parker, yeah. Yeah, are they going to do that with the spider robot i would think so it, it seems slightly outside of what mafex do um i yeah i guess i mean i'm thinking more of figma but this yeah they would they would definitely do spider-man noir penny yeah you're right mm, i'm not sure because it would have to be in scale with all the others as well but that's what i mean you're not you're not um you're not guaranteed that's gonna happen mm. and that's why like you say I, I agree with you when you, you have to really consider whether you want to start a new collection of something mm. It's it's even harder when it's the higher end stuff because say you decide, okay, 
they've only done those Miles and Peter in Gwen. And you didn't know about the Gwen until much later. Mm-hmm. The opportunity to go back and get Miles and Peter now is pretty much gone. Yeah. And buying buying it secondhand now is going to cost you way much more than the ridiculous price they were at to begin with. So it's also the having to buy it now yeah. <laughs> while the iron's hot or wait, consider, and maybe missing out completely. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to kind of uh, hedge your bets. Although it's becoming more like that with mainline stuff now. Uh well, it depends on what the which mainline you're talking about. I'm talking I mean. about G.I. Joe Classified. Oh, okay. <laughs> then, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you didn't pre-order, um, you didn't pre-order the Cobra Trooper? Well, you're not getting one of them. I think, I think that might not be the case for much longer, though, because Hasbro has kind of licensed out to all these other people to start making them in a similar type of scale. Yeah, I suppose so, but I think the... That's th- that's what I was talking about earlier. Like it's my first uh, foray back into mainline domestic retail stuff, mm. and the way things have changed since I used to buy that stuff. Like I used to go to Toys R Us, I used to go to Toy Master to buy Transformers Unicron trilogy stuff. The lines after that, even animated or previous to that, Robots in Disguise, whatever. I used to go to the toy shops and they'd be out and they'd be on the shelves and I could just pick them up and I wouldn't be hunting around quite so much. I might have to go to two different or three different branches of a particular toy shop to find the one I want, but I could find it. Now it's, <laughs> now it's like this stuff goes up, this stuff goes up on pre-order, it disappears mm. immediately and it's, then it's gone. I mean, you, you probably had more of a glory days and that type of stuff than I did because towards the end of like Toys R Us's lifespan mm-hmm. well, within a uh, six years or so the shelves were bare like going around it was hard to get things yeah I suppose because on online retail and all that kind of all that kind of pre-order business was already starting to happen which is you know part part of why Toys R Us went under well yeah they didn't have a very good website they <laughs> they needed to sort that out but it's, no it's more if you're collecting a, a whole bunch of characters like Transformers, do you have to take into consideration there's people already going out and buying it and then there's the casual person? And then with the online stuff taking stock away, it became so much harder that like, that was the only way for you to get it is to go online. And now that really is the only way to get it. And and that's not just that's not just due to the, you know, this pandemic. Anyway, yeah. this is a discussion for part two, where we'll be talking about toy hunting. So I'm going to nip that in the bud. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so rule one, price. Rule two, citing a new collection of figures. I totally agree with that. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, I started down the Mandalorian route because I get sucked in by the media. So if I see something and I like the media, I'm like, oh, I kind of want figures of this now. And then I start buying them. And then I start thinking, oh God, what have I got myself in for here? So I started buying... Mathex and um, SH Figuarts mm-hmm. Mandalorian stuff. And I think the reason I bought the SH Figuarts Mandalorian was because I'd never bought an SH Figuarts. That's another thing. And I just wanted one. I just wanted to give it a go. This, I just want to try out these these famous toy companies that are, are meant to be brilliant in the toy collecting yeah. world. Let's just dabble. Let's see what it's like. <laughs> 
Exactly. And, and you know, you can always sell it afterwards. I mean, I bought the, the Mandalorian um, SH Figuarts figure and it, I liked it, but there were problems with it. And then I saw that Mafex were doing one and that looked a bit better. So I pre-ordered the Mafex one. And then obviously that took forever to come out and still isn't even out yet. Mm. I got, ended up getting hold of the IG-11. And then since I moved into this new place, IG-11 has been in his box the entire time. <laughs> because he's got no one else to stand with on the shelf. He doesn't fit with anything. See? See? <laughs> you have to have the team. It just look weird on the shelf. Yeah. And then <laughs> um, Mafex Mandalorian gets delayed another month, another month, another month. And I just ended up going, you know what, Amazon Japan, cancel it. I don't want it. I'm quitting Mandalorian again. And I'm selling the IG-11. So yeah, when, you, when you're getting into a new collection, sometimes it feels like it's best to just cut your losses yeah. and get out, which I do a lot of. I do a lot of kind of like buying things on a whim or I'm feeling particular. I'm getting that kind of itch to have a new, a new figure and mm. I buy it just knowing full well I'm probably going to sell it. Or I'm probably going to swap it for something else. Well, I mean, at least you give it a go. I mean, I, so one thing yeah. I, I really um, admire about the way you view your collection is just that you can pick up something just for the sake of picking it up or comparing it with something and you're like, well, you know, I'll toss this and this this is the one I want on the shelf versus this one. Yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah. a good way of doing it, to be honest. Yeah, on the rules, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you my main rules. Rule number one is always going to be that it's the best-looking representation of my favourite character. Okay. If I want a classic comic book Spider-Man, I want the best-looking one. Like I'll, I'll do my research and find the best-looking one available. So does that and does that be the one I go for? So does that include the stuff like statues? Then, like, would you ever go that far and saying that is that is Spider-Man and that is the pose I want him in? Mm, no, 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 because. I mean, I've had, I have considered statues, but I like action figures. I like being able to pose them. I like being able to pull off, you know, do my own posing and make it look good. My, you know, put a little bit of um, creativity into what I do with right, them. Right, no, yeah. Because that's, I think that's the way you personalize your display. You know, my Transformers display looks different to anyone else's Transformers display because I pose mm-hmm. them and no one else poses them the same way as I do. <laughs> Not to say that this that, that, that I pose brilliantly, <laughs> but the way that I do it is my way. Yeah, yeah, you know? no, that's it. So I think I need to have some articulation. I don't think I could go with statues. But I know what you mean. You can get some really amazing looking statues that look perfect, mm-hmm. spot on, perfect rep- you know, perfect 3D representation of that particular image from that particular mm-hmm. comic or whatever it is. But I prefer stuff that's a little bit more interpretive, like that Mafex uh, Dark Knight Batman. I think it's a fantastic figure. It doesn't look exactly like the comic book, mm. but it looks, it's the guys who've designed it have gone, this represents the comic book version of this character rather than this is a direct screen grab or, um, you know, facsimile of what you saw in the comic Well, to be fair, they did do, they've done several others to kind of match different panels and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have. But if you look at the proportions if you look at the way that Frank Miller drew that comic yeah. and you look at the proportions in various images, and obviously he's drawing stuff from different perspectives and sometimes he's, you know, foreshortening stuff. They've taken t- taken a more interpretive stance on sculpting it. They went, we, we want to make him look like the character from the comic book, but we also want to make him look like, like, like a cool looking figure. Yeah. 
it wasn't designed as a 3D object. It was designed as 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 a 2D comic book or cartoon. Yeah. Therefore, it's made to look good in that format, mm-hmm. which is why I think when you're translating that to a 3D object like a toy, you should be more interpretive rather than slavishly copying what you see, which is what you see a, a fair bit of here and there, especially in Transformers, which it does annoy me. <laughs> I think that's the type of thing that... It depends on what you're looking for. If you want the best representation of the character, it leans more to that versus do you want a character, an action figure of the character you like and it's being able mm-hmm. to perform in that way. Because then you'll have to like forgive stuff like joints and gaps and all these other things that you need for a toy to function and for yeah. it to be able to pose. Because, I mean, say stuff like Figma or... SH Figuros would do much more anime-driven stuff. They mm. visually look like the characters, but they're not one-for-one one because they have to move like an action figure. Yeah, and I think that's an important compromise that has to be made, but it's whether, it's, it's whether you do it in a, in a sympathetic way or, or a way that causes it to look un, unpleasant. Yeah. Like I say, so the, like the top rule for me is that it looks great. Now, if looking great means less articulation i'm okay with that as long as it's articulated well enough Mm. i don't need everything to have an ab crunch and butterfly joints and individually articulated fingers like i don't need that i just need it to be able to to look great on the shelf and be capable of pulling off some poses that 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 character would do yeah i do find it hilarious that a lot of people just assume that every character needs to do the splits. Like, that is, that is it's not the case. <laughs> or, or whatever, yeah. I mean, it's just like, oh, it's, yeah, it doesn't have an ab crunch. It's like, well, does it, does it need one? <laughs> um, like, I, I don't know. It, oh, the, the obsession with, like, butterfly joints. It's like, does, it, does every character need to cross its arms? You know, I've, let's, let's talk Spider-Man, right? So... Peter Parker, Spider-Man, he needs to be able to pull off all these, all these, all these contorted um, positions and crazy poses. Mm-hmm. But J. Jonah Jameson, he doesn't. No. Yes. Sorry, it's J. Jonah Jameson, isn't it? I always say Jameson. <laughs> uh, yeah, he doesn't need to pull off those kind of positions. Uh, Daredevil, he needs to be acrobatic. He's, you know, he is an acrobat. He's a ninja. He's a, you know, a martial artist. He needs to be able to pull off that stuff. Kingpin doesn't. Mm-hmm. I, fi- I find it strange that people are less forgiving when it's Transformers because they're actually robots to have that type of extra joints and stuff to move in that certain way for them to do those type of things versus, a, say, like a G.I. Joe figure where it, it's a character who would move like a human, if, that, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Like a robot can move in a whole different way than a normal person could. So why would you yeah. limit it to a, an ab crunch versus a swivel or the movement is mm. different? Yeah, but those Transformers are designed as humanoids, aren't they? They're all, most of them anyway, like, and the way that they were animated in, say, G1 or uh, or even Beast Wars, maybe a little bit less in Beast Wars, but the way they were animated in G1, the way they were animated in uh, the Japanese shows, the... Um, the stuff, the robots in disguise, um, etc., animated. Mm-hmm. They were all animated the same way you would animate a human being. So they moved the same way. 
a human being moves. I totally get what you're saying, but but those robots are humanoid and move like humans. Yeah, no, it's, I get that. It's not. It's not so much that they, you know, look like that, or that's the the aesthetic that they were going for while animating it. It's just the more how the toys themselves are viewed differently, and say something like hollowness in a toy, which can be unsightly, but for mm-hmm. I think Transformers in particular, it's like well it's more understandable because they have to transform and that space is not there for no reason. It's normally there for a hand to go or a, a leg to hide in Yeah. versus something where if a human character had random gaps in it, you'd be like, well, why? That is, it doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't fit a purpose. It's just a gaping yeah. hole. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That is, it is more forgivable, but it's whether you're willing to forgive it or not. Like for for example, you 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 buy War for Cybertron figures. Mm-hmm. You have the Studio Series Jazz. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't buy that figure because he has great big holes in his arms. <laughs> yes, I just wouldn't buy it. But that would that be his only reason you wouldn't buy it? Well, that would be like quite high on my list of reasons why I wouldn't buy it. See, that's interesting because it's not going to look good on my shelf. It's not. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't register to me in the same way that that's an issue. I'd be more worried about its its joints or its. I don't know. People having problems with the his glass falling off and breaking up like that. That's a higher thing to me than him just visually looking the way he does. So I mean, you you remember I had a problem with him having fourteen instead of four on his car mode. Like that's yeah, that's a bigger yeah, problem that, to me. And that and that doesn't bother me in the slightest. Uh, you can put 92 on his <laughs> it don't matter what number's on his side it's a bit weird that they put 14 on but it's not it doesn't bother me but I know that if I buy that figure this, I can't pose him certain ways because I'll be able to see those gaps yeah and I don't want to see those gaps I don't want my toys in a way I don't want my toys to look like toys I want them to look like little 3D representations of the characters I love in the show. And, I mean, obviously, with War for Cybertron, they've gone that way where they just, they're going to have those gaps anyway because they're <laughs> just using the 3D models. But you know that that jazz that you've got is meant uh-huh. to represent jazz from the, from the 1986 movie. He didn't have mm-hmm. gaps in his forearms. Yeah, it's true. Uh, I mean, if you want to look at it that way, then, yeah, that makes complete sense to me. Mm-hmm. I think it's... um it's what you're willing to have as your representation yeah. versus that action figure quality of the toy itself. Yeah, exactly. So like uh, Jazz, mm-hmm. I think the superior version of Jazz at the moment is the Mate Toys downbeat. Uh, I agree with you. That's one I have on my shelf. It's the, I think that is probably the best version of that character. Yep. But I don't have anything else for and make toys downbeat to be with. Well, yeah, well, that's in the, the same thing, yeah. way. <laughs> so it would literally just be the make toys downbeat on its own. So it's like what we were talking about before with teams. It's like sometimes you have to sacrifice the best quality of something versus where it's going to live yeah. in your collection. I get that, but but then what I would then do is I just start buying a masterpiece collection <laughs> just for that. 
<laughs> I would go, right, I'm going to get rid of my mainline stuff and I go, I'm going to go masterpiece because those are the best looking representations of those characters. As, much, as, as nice as some of the War for Cybertron stuff is, it doesn't compare to Masterpiece, in my opinion. Therefore, I buy Masterpiece. It doesn't. And also, I don't. Also, and also, I don't want. I don't want shed tons of figures, like hundreds of figures on my shelf. I want a little collection of, like, my. As far as I'm concerned, my G1 Masterpiece collection is pretty much finished. I'm waiting for uh, Starscream to come out because Starscream is one of those must-have characters mm-hmm. for me. The official one looks good enough, even though it's still quite toony. It still looks good enough and it's going to fit with my collection. So I'm going to get that. And then I might just get one more Autobot just to balance it out. Mm-hmm. Just so that I've not got more Decepticons and Autobots. But that's it. And that that's only... I've only got like six Decepticons and maybe five Autobots. Once I've done that, I think I think that's going to be it. I think it's, 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 it's even harder to do that because there's always going to be a different version of that character. Like you said with Starscream, like this version is the newest version and it's oh yeah, arguably the better version of Starscream. Yes. But it, it will continue because toy engineering will just keep developing and it will, you know, get better. But that's fine. You get whatever the best version is at the time. And then if a, if a new version comes out that you like better, you swap it out and you sell the old one. Oh, well, yeah. There is that as well, I suppose. Yeah, and the aftermarket prices on this stuff is usually quite good. Because people will, like, for instance, since, since we've been using Jazz as the, uh, mm-hmm. as the example here, you've got that Make Toys one currently looks like the best. Mm-hmm. But there's a Fan Toys one coming, on, coming along soon. Mm-hmm. Now, will people prefer that? Yes, they will. <laughs> but will everybody? No, they won't. <laughs> as soon as that Fan Toys one's come out, Fake toys ones will end up on the market because they'll be swapping them out. Well, it's probably my, my time to strike and get one. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And, and well, you, you missed the recent reissue anyway, didn't you? I did, I did. So you could have jumped, you could have jumped on there, but you didn't because you haven't got anything to sound I with. didn't, I didn't, I, I could have got him, but I didn't want that version of him. I wanted the original one that looked more like the cartoon. Well, I, I tell you what, just, uh, you, you just hang on until that Vans Toys <laughs> ones come out. And maybe I'll have a Make Toys ones to sell oh, you. Oh, there you go. See, it all comes around. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so anyway, we've, we've kind of digressed a little bit here and there. But yeah, like for me, best, best looking representation of my favorite characters and designs. That's kind of top of my rules. And then as I go down my rules, I only want one of each character in that particular scale and only one of each mold. I try to really limit myself to buying re- repaints or remolds of the same thing, unless I, unless one of the higher up rules applies. Like if it's still the best looking representation of my favorite character, it doesn't matter if it's a remold of something because it's one of my favorite characters. Something else. I won't buy Starscream, Thundercracker, and Skywalk because Starscream's my favorite Seeker, and I'm not really into the other two. But you would you be more inclined to buy Thundercracker and Skywarp over three sweeps just to be there? <laughs> I would never buy three sweeps just to be well, there. That's, well, well, that's what I mean. So, like, the na- actual named characters. So characters that share a mold, but share a mold by law, like, they're meant to. Yeah, versus... but only, only if I like that character. Like, if I were a massive Skywarp fan, then I would mm. buy Skywarp as well. But only right. if I okay. like that character. Like, 
I try to avoid buying the same mold over and over. Is that just because of the, like, you know, it's another mold or is it because you know, they've made another character to share the same mold type of thing? <laughs> it's, it's just because it's just the lack of variety. It's paying the same, the same money for the same thing again in a different color just seems like a bit of a waste of money. Slight insanity, I might add, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's that, and then there's the money thing, and then the final one really is, do I have the space to display it? Yeah. And does it fit with the rest of my collection? And, you know, like there's some stuff that I look at sometimes and think, I really like that. Like, I really like the Flames Toys stuff. Mm-hmm. The really expensive Flames Toys stuff looks great, but it's too expensive. And where would I put it? It doesn't fit with anything else, so it'd have to be on its own somewhere. And then, you know, what am I going to I'm going to start a new whole shelf up for this stuff. So it's, it's really difficult. <laughs> Finally, the final part of, of this part of our toy collecting discussion. Yeah. So... I think we all kind of strive towards completing the collection, or at least that's something that you hear people talk about. Like, when have you completed your collection of this? When are you going to complete your collection of this? What does completed look like? I mean, what what are you what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think at one point, my, completing the collection um, for me became I had to have at least one figure from each Transformers toy line. Okay. Like it was just like a, like it was a, a, com, a completionist type of ideal, but at like the bare minimum of a completionist ideal. Like I just had to have one uh-huh. from each and I would kind of be happy on some level, but um, it's kind of moved away from that to like, there's no way of really completing it because you still like the franchise mm-hmm. and the franchise is not going to end anytime soon. Yeah. So I think it depends. It's like if trans tomorrow, Hasbro was like, we've, we're not doing Transformers anymore. It's not making them enough money or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's when the collection would have to end in those coming years because there is no more media for you to keep falling in love with and yeah. new figures coming out. And that's not going to happen. <laughs> so while it's still going, it's... I don't know what the end collection looks like. It it's, depends on the display, I would I would imagine. It's not so much the figures anymore, it's how I represent it in where I live. Yeah. Yeah. Um so so is there isn't really a a finish line for you or not that you can think of exactly. No, I think it's there's probably like certain characters that I want the team to finish and like I want that shelf to look as nice as possible, but all of it, there is no end. No, no, I, I'm, that's, that's that I agree with you. I mean, um, I think it's more about constantly refining and focusing and changing focus and trying out new bits here and there and seeing what works and what doesn't with your collection and your display and what, you know, however you go about your collection. For me, my collection is mostly about display, but some people are more about, are more about just collecting toys and playing with toys. And that's, that's fine too. But for me, it's it's just about my collection is a kind of it's all about kind of pruning that collection and kind of uh, curating it. Yeah. I mean, when I first started collecting Transformers as, a, as an adult, mm-hmm. I wanted to get everything for a while. And then obviously that becomes kind of you realize the futility of that. 
And there are plenty of people who still do it. There's plenty of people who are, you know, the end the end game is just buying as many Transformers as possible and getting the perfect the perfect vintage versions of uh, of those characters, you know, in box or whatever and having them all on the shelf and you know, they're like, I need to finish my G one pretenders. But for me, it's not about completing a toy line or getting hold of all the toys from a toy line. It's about just getting the figures that I want of the characters that I like. I just want the best version. So I will swap things out. So it's all about kind of refining what I've got. And when something new comes out that would look better on the shelf than the one I've currently got, I'll buy that and sell the old one and kind of move along in that kind of way. So I don't think it's ever going to end. It's just about getting that little bit finished and being happy with it. That's great. Um, and then move on to your next bit. I mean, do you are you completely opposed to the idea of having multiple versions of the same character in your collection? Um, I'm I'm not opposed to it because I'm doing it with I'm doing it with Batman and Spider Man, but I don't need that necessarily. Mm. I think yes, I think I've, I think I have different needs depending on the character. Like for example. Spider-Man is one of my favourite characters. Batman is one of my favourite characters. And I want several different representations of Batman and Spider-Man. The reason for that being that I like so many different versions of those characters from so many different comics. Mm. Whereas if I go over to my Transformers collection, like as far as I'm concerned, I only need one G1 Prime at a certain scale because G1 Prime looked a certain way for me in my head. Mm -hmm. And that's all I need. And I don't need one that represents him from the cartoon and then one that represents him from the comic and then one that represents him from, I don't know, the toy. Yeah. Because for me, he's an amalgamation of all those things. I see. So it, it wouldn't, because I know up until recently you were getting both modes of Beast Wars characters. Mm -hmm. And I know you've Stopped. changed your mind on that and it's like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. No, I'm selling the duplicates, yeah. But I thought that was a really good way of doing it because, especially for Masterpiece, the fear of transforming them is one thing. But for Beast Wars in particular, they kind of, you kind of need to have a representation of both modes because they just as have as much character in one mode than the other. It's not like a robot mode and a Lamborghini. Like the Lamborghini is not going to serve you any purpose in that mode. Yeah, and I, and I don't disagree with it, but I made the decision to sell the duplicates because I don't have space to display them. Okay. And it's too expensive as well. Yeah, that is the other thing. I think it, it, it does come down to that, isn't it? It's the, it's the space and the money when it comes to having a, not necessarily a bigger collection, but a collection that involves you having more than one of the same character it's it definitely comes down to that yeah yeah but i mean i am buying three versions of the new age uh galvatron mold oh well that's so, that's fine because like literally all those could fit in your pocket and you'd be okay you know <laughs> well yeah yes exactly space space in that, in that in that example space isn't the problem money is to a certain extent i mean they're they're small figures but they're quite expensive for the for their size but to go back to what we were saying, I bought three versions of that mold, but they represent three different versions of the character. Mm. The purple one is is Leonard Nimoy voiced Galvatron from the movie. That's who that is, mm -hmm. and that and that guy 
works really well with my Zeta Unicron. But the grey version is Marvel Comics Galvatron. And then the and then I'm also getting a Straxus. And Straxus is a different character entirely. It's the same it's a remold of the same figure, but it's a completely different character. It's a character from the comics that I really loved. I like that you, you mentioned it in that you put it in that way, because I just realized that the version of I'm getting of Galvatron with the whole Unicorn. Yeah, it's the Headmasters thing. one. It's the Headmasters one. I'm not, I didn't even think of it that way. I am not getting the Leonard Nimoy version. That's not what I wanted. No. I wanted the Headmasters version. <laughs> That's because you're crazy. It's, oh, it's, it's the best. It's the best Transformers <laughs> series. I'm telling you. <laughs> right. I think we can stop right there. I hope you enjoyed our meandering oral stroll through what we collect and why. If you did, please do like, subscribe, share, review it, do whatever you need to do in order to show your appreciation. And uh, and please tell your friends, you know, we need, we need to get as many people listening to this as possible. That's right. <laughs> uh, this was just part one of an ongoing series of discussions on toy collecting. We plan to put out more of these from time to time. We're not going to commit to a particular time when these will happen but we currently plan the next one to be around the topic of toy hunting so if you have any suggestions regarding that or any future topics you think we should cover please do get in contact with us and you can do that using twitter or instagram or at least in my case anyway so i'm at gear orion and orion underscore gear respectively and dave how can they contact you you can find me on instagram at virtualdave26 um, I mean, I do have a Twitter, but I just never use it. So Instagram's where you'll find me. <laughs> yeah, best leave it. You're you're very you're very busy on Instagram all the time. Anyway, I mean, you'll 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 see. Actually, I mean, t- we've been talking about toy collections. On- honestly, if you go visit our uh, our Instagrams, you'll get a pretty good idea of the differences between our collections and and what we do collect and and how often how often Virtual Dave posts. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And how how infrequently I do. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for listening. And uh, please do join us next time on... Ah, my, my optics! optics.